0: film conversations with phil and andrew i'm andrew and i'm phil and we welcome you to our oscars podcast for 2014 woohoo woohoo uh, it's uh it's the that time of the year and uh, anybody who's followed our podcast from the beginning of this iteration of it will know that we have been covering all of the best picture nominees one by one counting down to the Oscars, which are happening this Sunday, mm-hmm. March the second, and uh, and so what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to do some rapid fire Oscars conjecture. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the the films, and we're going to talk about every single category that uh, that we're going to see on Oscars night. And some of them we know more about. Some of them no- we know less about. Some of them we know next to nothing about. But some of them we know next to nothing about, and uh, and some of them we may not have seen all the films for, uh, I usually pride myself on being able to see everything every year or close to it as close to it as I can get. But this has been a a difficult year to, to see everything. So, uh, I have seen as much as I can and there's a few more that I'll probably catch between now and when the Oscars actually happen on Sunday. But,
1: uh, in the meantime, I have not seen everything. And, uh, the fact that I will probably not be able to see everything by Sunday is a highly probable one, but nevertheless, <laughs> the movies that we have seen, I'm sure we will be very opinionated
0: about. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, as I said, it's going to be pretty rapid fire. We're going to be doing uh, uh, no more than a minute on any given uh, category until we get to the big five, mm. as they say, which are actor, director, actor, uh, actor, director, screenplay, actress, actress. Supporting, supporting actor. actor supporting actor, yeah. actress. And then Best Picture. <laughs> exactly, Best Picture, of course. Yeah. Uh, and so we are hoping that you will enjoy this. Yeah. And we invite your feedback. Please go to our blog at www.in-the-q. That's the letter q.com. Or visit us on Facebook, where you can find us at in the q-u-e-u-e. Right. Let's get into it let's get into it okay uh, so we're gonna start at the beginning well at the end in some ways <laughs> it's probably gonna be the beginning of the of the telecast itself because it's gonna be pretty uh, the the big ones usually wait until the end or at least right. most of them do
1: so are we gonna talk about the uh, best short film live
0: action first we can talk about it. It's going to be easy to talk about. I cause... like, let's
1: see, the t- some great titles here. Really good titles. Great uh, titles. <laughs> Do I Have to Take Care of Everything by Selma Vilhunen? I like that one. That's got a great name.
0: Yeah? Yeah. My yeah. money's on that I like, one. I like The Vorman Problem Ooh. by Mark Gill.
1: <laughs> I don't know about The Vorman Problem. It's only got three words, you know? yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. Do I Have yeah. to Take Care of Everything is more than twice that.
0: I just like... That it's a problem. We're, as you can tell, we haven't seen <laughs> these films, so uh, it's it's hard for us to to make a prediction. But I will say that these films, the the live action shorts as well as the animated shorts, are available on pay per view. So if you got. Cable, you can see these. Right. And I, I recommend uh, maybe doing that. It's always a joy for me every time I get to see the live action, the animated, and the documentary shorts, uh, because they're they, it's really great work that's being done, and it's really interesting stuff, and they're usually very fascinating mm-hmm. pieces. Um, so get out and see them. Sorry we can't give you a better <laughs> uh, lay of the land on that one, but... Maybe uh, you can judge for yourselves about what you think indeed. will win. Indeed. So we'll move on to Best Short Film Animated. Which I have seen. Oh. I've seen all five of these. Oh, wow. Yeah, I watched the shorts program, uh, as I said, on pay-per-view, uh, with the exception of Get a Horse, which is a, a short that was in front of the the movie Frozen, the Disney animated oh, film. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, all the rest of these are on the animated short subject uh, pay-per-view that you can that you can pick up, or you can probably go see it in a local theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, the nominees are Feral, Get a Horse, Mr. Hublot, Possessions, and Room on the Broom. Right. Uh, For me, my favorite of these was, it's probably something between Mr. Hublot, Possessions, or Get a Horse. I I love them all. Really? Uh, Yeah, I I really think that they're fantastic. Uh, Get a Horse is more of a conventional sort of Disney short uh, with some very excellent... Uh, 3d Uh usage in it that was actually a a fairly good use of 3d uh mr hublot was probably i'm I'm gonna say mr hublot it was the most interesting it was it was very fun and uh, and i enjoyed it a lot what about i'm I'm gonna say
1: the nationality of these short films are they all American?
0: No, they are not. Possessions is from Japan. Mr. Hublot is from France. Get uh-huh. a Horse is American or from Disney, so whichever Disney studio worked on that. Uh-huh. Farrell was also from uh, America and Room on the Broom, I believe, is English. Okay. Um, and Room on the Broom of all of these has the most high caliber cast. It's got like Gillian Anderson and like a, a whole, uh, Simon Pegg, all kinds of like high powered voice actors in it. Interesting. Uh, and It's based off of a children's book, but it's uh, it's really it's it's good, cool. but uh, but I would say Mr. Hublose. Okay, sounds good. Too much time on that one. Let's move on All to the right. next one. Documentary short subject, I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't seen these. These usually tend to run a little bit longer. Gosh. You uh, know, I, and I even
1: went stuff. to the, the premier documentary film festival in the United States last April, the full-frame documentary film festival. Yeah. I went to it, and I didn't even hear about any of these films. I
0: don't know where <laughs> these films came from. They surely just came in under the radar um, yeah, the, the names are Cave Digger, Fancy, or Facing Fear, rather. Yeah. Ka- uh, Karama Has No Walls, The Lady in Number 6, and Prison Terminal, The Last Days of Private Jack Hall. Let's see, I'm going to go for that one, Prison Terminal, The Last Days of Private Jack Hall. I think I am too, you know, just because it sounds great. Yeah, I think <laughs> it
1: sounds like the kind of movie the Academy would award their prizes to, you know? Of course.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. The Best Achievement in Visual Effects. Ooh. The nominees are Gravity, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, <laughs> Iron Man 3, The Lone Ranger, Ooh. and Star Trek Into Darkness. I think Gravity's got it sewn up in a silver, silver purse. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that there's any chance. I think the only contender here is The Hobbit, and I think that the the special effects are a little bit too ostentatious in The Hobbit. Right, Yeah i 've actually seen all five of these films, and i was I was contemplating this as I was watching a couple of them uh The Lone Ranger and The Hobbit I just watched recently oh. and uh, And I think that achievement in visual effects seem to have become how many visual effects can we throw at the audience mm-hmm. rather than how smartly and intelligently are, are we using our visual effects and so in the case of Star Trek, The Lone Ranger, Iron Man, and even the hobbit it 's just like it 's just like a non stop barrage of special effects. Oh, yeah. Gravity, even though it is a nonstop barrage of special effects, it only enhanced the the feel and the and the, yeah. you know, it enhanced the film. I,
1: I think in the case of gravity, the the special effects were at the service of the story. Uh, yeah. whereas I remember exactly. I didn't see Desolation of Smog, but I, I hated the first Hobbit movie. And what I remember about that is that I felt like a lot of the special effects were so ostentatious that they were just kind of there to, you know, dazzle you, not not really at to serve the story. Yeah. Um, exactly. Maybe that's the reason why I didn't bother to see Desolation of Smog. But yep, I think, yeah, gravity, yeah. I mean, gravity had a lot of very realistic type effects, which, you know, I mean, maybe those are harder to do than than something totally like fanciful out of your imagination. Cause, you know, you don't you don't have to be like accurate, you know, the smog the dragon doesn't look just one way, you know?
0: Like there's only mm-hmm. one there's yeah. not one right way to show him. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think Gravity is the choice on that one. Okay. So let's talk about sound editing. Hmm.
1: Well, some of these movies I did not see. Uh, we recently talked about Captain Phillips. I thought that was an excellent um, example of sound editing. But once again, um, well, let's just go through the nominees here. Uh, we got yep. All is Lost, which is that Robert Redford movie where he's uh, – it's the one-man show. He's He's lost at sea. Captain Phillips, Gravity – Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, and then Lone Survivor with the Mark Wahlberg film. Um, I I, I think gravity is a is a showstopper in these categories. You know,
0: I I think so too. I think I think gravity is likely to to sweep the technical categories or at least do very well mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. And I think that uh again, for those out there, uh we did this uh in, in the past when we've done Oscar podcast and I'll do it again here the difference between sound editing and sound mixing sound editors are the people who create the sounds so they're the ones who actually are on the Foley stage actually making sounds that are, are meant to be put into the film and a sound mixer is the person who puts it all together into one whole mm-hmm. and, and makes it you know makes that lion roar you know come alive behind uh, Robert De Niro and Raging Bull yeah. that kind of that kind of stuff. These
1: guys, it's a whole other art form in, in the, the movie industry that, that is very technical. It's very craftsman like, whereas a lot of people tend to only think of movies as something that you know, glamorous celebrities appear in. But there's, there's such a whole backbone yeah. of, of technicians and craftsmen behind stuff like
0: this. Yes, yes. And uh, speaking of sound mixing, you've got Gravity again, The Hobbit again, Captain Phillips again, Lone Survivor again. And inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> Which is uh I mean it's such a that inside Lewin Davis just is such the odd
1: man out in this category. I love I love inside Lewin Davis, and I think the sound mixing is really warm and great and subtle, but accurate to the period, accurate to the sounds of New York City. It's just yeah. accurate to the sounds of that road trip that they take that's so bizarre. Um but in this category i uh, I don't think gravity is gonna win in this case, really yeah, I don't think so. I think that sound mixing um is not really the dazzling aspect of that film because a lot of that movie was sort of created in post. I feel like sound mixing is something that is really artistic um when it's done you know in 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 real time in the real world so yeah. but this one I it's tough. I am not entirely sure. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go with my heart and say Inside Lewin Davis will win, even though I
0: just might not. Interesting. Interesting. I, I would say that if it's not Gravity, it might be The Hobbit. Okay. Um, or even even maybe Captain Phillips. But I, I it's kind of a, a toss-up for me. I, I still think that Gravity has got the, the technical awards kind of sewn up. So I'm going to go ahead and say Gravity. All right. Well, we'll see if you're correct. We will, we will. So the next category,
1: Phil. Best achievement in music written for Motion Pictures original song. The nominees are Despicable Me Too, Farrell Williams with the song Happy.
0: Frozen. Uh Chris We could just say the titles of the <laughs> songs.
1: <laughs> what? No, Let people, it go from Frozen. People have to know ordinary what movies. Love from
0: Mandela. <laughs> people people want to know what movies it's it's from. No, I'm saying like you could say the name of the movie. You don't need to read all the songwriters. Okay. Names.
1: Well, hey, you know, I mean, you got you already too. wasting our time. You two did a song from Mandela: "Long Walk to Freedom," and then Karen O oh did a song from her called "The Moon Song." Hmm. Wide, wide, wide array of uh of different songs here. Um, I bet I think
0: Frozen is probably gonna win it. I think so too. Yeah. Let it go yeah. it's, it's almost. It's been such a ubiquitous song. I think that it it's gonna win it. Yeah. Okay, So Best Achievement in Music
1: Written for Motion Picture's Original Score, John Williams for The Book Thief, Stephen Price for Gravity, William Butler and Andy Koyama for Her, Thomas Newman for Saving Mr. Banks, and Alexandre Desplat for Philomena.
0: I'm hoping this is Her.
1: Yeah. I think that Her
0: had such a, a very subtle and affecting mm-hmm. and effective – score. Yeah. I hope I'm hoping that it's that, but I have not seen two of the films on this list, The Book Thief or Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. So it's a little tough for me to say. I did see Saving Mr. Banks.
1: It's worth mentioning that her the the musicians for her are from the band Arcade Fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, you know, they, it's not often that a rock band gets nominated for a category like this. Right. Um you know, this is a this is a tough one. I really I feel like John Williams always gets it, so he he might be getting it for the book thief, but
0: he hasn't been in recent years though he hasn't yeah. been getting it in recent years. All
1: right, well, I'll go ahead and say, um I'll go with her, I think' because the academy likes to award you know some left field you know nomination yep. sometimes, so I'll try that
0: one, okay. The best achievement in makeup and hairstyling, Jackass
1: all the way, Bad Grandpa. Jack- Jackass
0: presents Bad Grandpa, The Lone Ranger, and Dallas Buyers Club. I think this is going to be Dallas Buyers Club
1: because of because uh, Jared, of the Jared.
0: transformation. Jared Leto and Matthew McConaughey, the you know sort of uh, though they both did do a, a a tremendous physical transformation for the film. Right. I think it was aided beautifully by the makeup artists in the film. True and. Uh, I think that it. I think it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna.
1: I will disagree with you though, because I feel like the uh, the the transformations were mostly the due to the the actors themselves losing weight, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. So I think that to me that doesn't necessarily fall under the makeup and styling category. Um, but at the same time, if you look at what it's up against, Lone Ranger, no, I don't think so. Jackass presents Bad Grandpa. Um, That would be a real it, dark horse. It's an imp-
0: it's an it's an impressive job that they do. I mean, they have to transform him for the entire course of that film. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. I'm going to go ahead and say and,
0: and be convincing, but
1: yeah, and it's it's pretty convincing actually. I mean, it is very for, much. So. I mean,
0: for a lot of bystanders who
1: actually witness all that those shenanigans. All right, I'll go ahead and go with the the dark horse, uh, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa for best makeup and hairstyling. Okay. All right, then we got Best Achievement in Costume Design. The nominees are Michael Wilkinson for American Hustle, Catherine Martin for Great Gatsby, <laughs> Andrew's giving me the uh, wrap-it-up sign, so I'll just say 12 Years a Slave, The Grandmaster, and The Invisible Woman.
0: Uh, this is another category where I haven't seen two of the films. I haven't seen The Grandmaster or The Invisible Woman, sadly. The
1: Oscars award period pieces, that's just a fact. I think These are all period pieces. <laughs> right, from,
0: from various period pieces. I
1: think Great Gatsby has a good chance. Um, so does The Grandmaster. I think I think American Hustle might have it. No, uh, but yeah, but that's only like a that's from the 70s though. That's not really.
0: Yeah, but it's so. It's there's so
1: much. It's very no, ostentatious, like flamboyant 70s garb, um, which I guess is an accomplishment. I I, I can see why it's nominated. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, The Great Gatsby on this one.
0: Okay, you got Great Gatsby. I've got American Hustle. You guys taking notes, I hope. Let's, uh, let's talk about best achievement in production design. All right. We got 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, Gravity, The Great Gatsby, and Her. Right. Hmm. This is a tough one. Another tough one. What do you think? I, I think 12 Years a Slave and The Great Gatsby are probably the most likely for me uh-huh. I think her is the most impressive production design mm-hmm. uh, in our podcast about it. We talked about the fact that it, it was, it seemed so familiar and yet kind of alien too. alien. And and in the, you know, as part of the future. And I think that that was a very, very difficult sort of production design balancing act that they did. I would, I would like to see that win, but I don't think it will. I would say very possible that 12 years of slave will win this.
1: This is yeah this is really tough I'm, I'm thinking about this now I would have to say I don't think it's gonna be gravity this time uh, Great Gatsby I don't think was a, as acclaimed enough a film for them to give them this award let's say I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go with her on this one I think that the, okay. the location's I think it's gonna win yeah the, the locations they chose and the ones that they came up with really did convey this sort of the overall feel of, of the story great. All right. Best achievement in editing. The nominees are Twelve Years a Slave, American Hustle, Gravity, Captain Phillips, and The Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. I think. Oh gosh. I think Captain Phillips has got it.
0: That was a stunningly edited film. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I. I. I don't know on this one. I honestly don't know. Well, pick something. Uh, I. Th- I think that Captain Phillips is is very is a very likely contender, but it may be Gravity as well uh i think that like uh you know getting getting the the tension uh-huh. uh out of the, and in fact both of these films that both of these films that we're talking about are about tension and and sustaining tension right. for a long period of time and that's largely an editor's work mm-hmm. uh and I, I think that that's the reason we're probably picking those i'm going to say gravity gravity
1: okay all right well it's possible possible let's see uh coming up next we got the uh, best achievement in cinematography gravity yes. Inside Lewin Davis, Nebraska, here's one that you don't see too often this year, Prisoners, <laughs> and yeah. The Grandmaster, which is also another sort of obscure film from this year. Yeah. Tough category. Um, Very tough category. I, I haven't seen The Prisoners prisoners or The Grandmaster.
0: But I've not seen The Grandmaster, but it is a Wong Kar Wai film, and yes. they tend to be exquisitely photographed. I, I watched the so. trailer
1: for The Grandmaster recently, and, yeah. and it's ridiculous. Yeah ridiculously well shot uh I am going to you know what I bet it's gonna be gravity I really do I think it'll be that one
0: I think it's I think I think you're right I think it's likely to be gravity I almost want Prisoners to win just because Roger Deakins, I think, has been nominated now 15 (laughs) times and has never won. Yeah. And he is the greatest living cinematographer. Yeah. He's like the – And it's it's driving me insane. The Susan Susan Lucci (laughs) cinematographer.
1: Well, I I would also – in A Perfect Uh, World, I would give it to Inside Lewin Davis, but it's not ostentatious enough. It's just a beautiful period piece. And it's
0: got that – it's it, it feels like a photograph, like a faded photograph from the 60s. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's really – it's a really great look and feel. I think it's really impressive. They, won, and actually, actually,
1: they actually were inspired by uh, Bob Dylan album covers from the 60s to create yeah. that kind of a tint, the kind of – the way the city looks, the way people are huddled in their winter coats because it's so cold. Yeah, that's my pick. But I think that what happens is um, the visually stunning films – no matter if they were mostly created with a computer are the ones that get best cinematography.
0: They almost always do either that or lush period pieces. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, things like sense and sensibility that right. have just
1: gorgeous. So, you know. so I pick gravity and uh, Andrew, you say you're going for the, for I
0: prisoners. Pick, uh, no, because I don't think Roger, D, I, I don't think he'll win. Although it might be one of those things where they give him the award just for, yeah, you know, existing for so long without getting it. Um, But I I think Gravity is going to win. All right.
1: Let's move on then. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, best foreign language film
0: of the year. Yeah. Um, Sadly, uh, uh, a category that I can't say much about. This has been true in recent years where most of the foreign language films don't seem to be getting American distribution until after the Oscars. mm -hmm. So we don't get to see them before the Oscars. Uh, A a few of these, uh, the Broken Circle breakdown came out a couple of months ago. mm -hmm. The Hunt came out quite a, a little while ago yeah, and is the only of these films that I've seen. But The Great Beauty only just came out in theaters and on pay-per-view. Right, yeah. the gr- Omar and The Missing Picture, neither of those are out.
1: Yeah. The Great Beauty and Omar both are riding some momentum right now. If yeah. I had to predict, I think it's probably going to be The Great Beauty based on what I know
0: about the film. And what I've read... Uh, from people who have seen these films, I think The Great Beauty has, yeah, it definitely has the momentum. Yeah, I think that's good. Even yeah. though The Hunt is extraordinary, it's a Thomas Vinterberg film. I can't wait Mods to see it. It's in the lead. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful, and his performance is so good. He got Best Actor at Can for that movie. He did, yeah. and he deserved it. It's incredible. Cool. It's inc- absolutely incredible. I can't wait to see that one. All
1: right, so then we've got Best Animated Feature Film of the Year, The Cruise, Despicable Me 2, Ernest and Celestine, Frozen, and the Hayao Miyazaki film, The Wind Rises. Supposedly the last
0: oh. Hayao Miyazaki film. He's he's said that he, I mean, he said that before. He said that, that he would retire after the, his last film before he made, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Spirited Away, and then after Spirited Away, he said he'd do it after Howl's Moving Castle, and he keeps making them, but yeah. he said it's his last film. All right. And it's supposed to be incredible, but again, it I think it comes out this Friday or something like that. <laughs> Which makes it a little difficult to see it before the awards. But I, I have not seen one of these films, to be honest with you. I've seen Frozen, The Crudes, and Despicable Me too, mm-hmm. And I think that Frozen has this category. Yeah. I think Frozen has been so successful, and it's so good, and it's such a return to form for Disney. I think it's it's got this locked up. I
1: think you're right, just because everything that I've heard, I think Frozen's going to take it. All right. And All so right. the next one we're going to talk about is uh, best documentary uh, feature film. Yes. And we've got The Act of Killing, Cutie and the Boxer, Dirty Wars, The Square, and 20 Feet from Stardom. Wish I could have an opinion on this one, but I have not seen any of these movies.
0: Disgraceful. Yeah, I know. As a documentarian, that's disgraceful. <laughs> I had
1: the opportunity to see two of
0: these um, last year at the, at the festival I mentioned, and
1: I, I wasn't lucky enough to see them.
0: Uh, well, the very fortunate thing this year was that every single one of these films was available on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, months before, you know, at least a month, if not more, before uh, the awards. And I, I saw all of them wow. and loved every single one of them. These are all excellent films. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of documentaries or if you're a fan of film in general, I would recommend seeing every single one of these. Cool. 20 uh, Feet from Stardom is about backup singers for, for famous mm-hmm. uh, bands. You know, like the sort of people who have basically laid down all the great backup tracks for every song right. you've ever loved. Like Gimme Shelter. Uh, and, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, so good. And uh, The Square is about the uh, Egyptian uprising in Tahrir Square. Dirty Wars is about the, the JSOC, the, the United States sort of, Going into other countries and indiscriminately killing people that we think are dangerous with, mm-hmm. in countries that we have no active wars with. Oh, okay, uh, it, it's insane. Uh, *Cutie and in the Boxer* is about uh, uh, Ushio Shinohara and and uh, and his wife Noriko, mm-hmm. who are modern artists. Right, great, great, great film. It's about. It, it's actually a wonderful, sort of empowering, beautiful film about. Uh, their personalities and their love, a beautiful love story. And then the act of killing is a fascinating documentary about these uh, uh, Indonesian uh, death squad leaders from the sixties who are revisiting their, their killings. Uh, The the, the filmmakers gave them the opportunity to reconstruct their killings Mm -hmm. uh, theatrically. And it's insane. Yeah. And one of the best, not just documentaries, but one of the best films that I saw this year and one of the best films maybe that i've ever seen it's it's incredible is that your it's pick then for spicy. best for- it's Chester? my pick okay. i think it's i think if, if that is not chosen there is no justice in the world. i think that
1: it's definitely up there based on all the buzz that it's gotten uh dirty wars based on your description i think that's also the kind of film the academy rewards oh yeah uh yeah. so i will have to just wait and see what what happens um and uh, maybe i can sort of uh, maybe catch some of these films before the before uh, the the weekend so that i can redeem myself in your eyes andrew <laughs> yeah you're you're tarnished right now gosh i better work harder to make up the difference indeed all right so let's so go. moving on uh, we're going yeah. uh, to talk about we're going to spend some we're going to spend some more time on some of these um uh, categories, okay? So we're going to talk about best writing based a uh, screenplay based on material previously produced or published before midnight, Captain Phillips, 12 Years a Slave, The Wolf of
0: Wall Street, Philomena. What do you think, Andrew? This is rough, man. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. I love the fact that Before Midnight is in here. Uh-huh. Uh I think I think that uh it's great that it's based on previous material meaning the previous films in this series uh-huh. uh, before sunrise and before sunset. And I love the fact that the, the actors uh, helped to create, w- helped with Richard Linklater to create, you know, the, the script for all these films. And I, I, I love those three films yeah. and, uh, and, and I love Richard Linklater in general. Um, so I'm so glad it's in here, but I don't think it has a chance.
1: I think uh, I'm going to have to go with 12 years of Slave on this one.
0: I think. Yeah, I, I think I think partially because it's such an amazing story, the fact that the document exists, yeah, uh, that that uh, this is you know it's based off of the journals of Solomon Northup, uh-huh. is is amazing. Yeah, and you're you're
1: they do a really good job of eclipsing time too, which is difficult, you know, like they they, yeah. they convey twelve years in the span of a, of two hours and a few minutes. Um, it's yeah. not easy to do that.
0: I, I'm actually not going to say that 12 Years a Slave is going to win this one. I think it's more likely between The Wolf of Wall Street and Philomena, both of which are excellent adaptations of of work that already exists. Well, I,
1: kinda, I don't think they're going to reward Wolf of Wall Street because it's such a cynical, brainy film. Like, it doesn't
0: really have a heart to it like 12 Years a Slave has. What do you think? Yeah. Why do you think? Why? No, no, no. I, I would agree with that. But I, I think that it's just – it's got such great, snappy, smart, fun dialogue. Uh-huh. I think that the Academy tends to reward that from, from time to time. I think that they like that kind of uh, back and forth. I mean, like if you just took like snippets out of that film, if you just took the scene between him and the, uh, the FBI agent on the boat, my favorite scene in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you just took that out, that, that would be Oscar caliber material right there. All right. You know, I mean, it's, I, I think, it, I think it's incredibly well written. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, um, f- we'll and, f- and I also think the same thing about Philomena. I think it's incredibly well written, too. It is. Um, yeah. and, and that dialogue is just so, so sharp. It's sharp. 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 Yeah. yeah. It is. It's great.
1: Okay. Well, this, yeah, this is a tough category. You made a good case for those two. Uh, we shall wait and see what happens. We shall. Uh, moving on, best writing screenplay written directly for the screen American Hustle, Blue Jasmine, Her, Nebraska. Dallas Buyers Club Uh, oh boy I I was going to say Blue Jasmine
0: but I don't know if Woody Allen's recent troubles is going to tarnish his chances it probably will yeah I think I don't think he has much of a chance I also think it's interesting that it's in this category because it was at by Woody Allen's own admission based off of a streetcar named desire oh yeah that's true which which is curious Uh, well
1: you know I think probably a better a better uh, option would be her you know because um, Her won the Golden Globe for Best Screenplay, and it's such an original yeah. story. I think Her
0: has a, has a very good shot. I'm, I think that American Hustle might have this one, truthfully, uh-huh. because I'm not sure that it's going to win in any other categories. Uh-huh. I think this may be the place that the Academy sees fit to reward this film. Interesting. Because uh, I don't think it's going to win any of the other uh, categories that it's nominated for. Or... Well, maybe maybe one other but well,
1: do you think the
0: I mean you think the screenplay was was really deserving of the Oscar then I don't personally know because no? I didn't I didn't love the film as much as uh, other people seem to have loved it but I think I think it's the I think it's the smart one to win if I had to pick one of this it would be Nebraska interesting okay yeah. all right I just uh, I think I just Alexander Payne and like his his films always have great screenplays Bob Nelson wrote this screenplay and it's just fantastic it's just really really solid
1: alright well I didn't like that film but we had an interesting discussion about it <laughs> we did, we did.
0: <laughs>
1: alright uh, moving on we got uh, getting into the heavyweights now best achievement in directing Alfonso uh, Cuaron for Gravity Steve McQueen mm-hmm. for 12 Years a Slave David O. Russell for American Hustle which rhymes Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street Alexander Payne for Nebraska
0: Steve McQueen Steve McQueen yep. yeah I agree all right. This, I mean, this is a heavy hitting category. It's a heavy hitting category, and all these are amazing films. Um, if not Steve McQueen, then Alfonso Cuaron was a close second, I think. I I think David O. Russell would be the close second. Interesting. Um, but I I honestly think it's going to be Steve McQueen. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody else has a chance. Okay, then let's. Which is sad. I wish Alexander Payne had a chance, or I think he should, or the Coen brothers. Fine. Well, <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. We'll we'll get to, we'll we'll end this uh, by talking a little bit about what we think was snubbed. All right. Uh, but but we're not there yet. OK, so, so we're God, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here.
1: <laughs> so let's move on to the acting roles. Uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Uh, Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine. Julie Roberts for August Osage County. Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle and June Squibb for Nebraska. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence. She's going to get it. I
0: think I think Jennifer Lawrence has had most of the awards season momentum. Yeah. But the way that I've read and the way that see people seem to be talking, I think Lupita Nyong'o might have a chance at this. Mm. Uh I think that Jennifer Lawrence uh is still the odds on favorite. I would say that she'd be your best bet mm-hmm. if you're doing a ballot, but uh but Lupita Nyong'o might get it for my money. Yeah the best of all of these performances. I know what you're going to say. Sally Hawkins oh, and Lou yeah. Jasmine. Wow. I, is that, what did you think no, I was going no. to June Smith? <laughs>
1: yes. I I'm, I'm shocked. I thought now, Sally Hawkins. No, for me,
0: was... Sally Hawkins is so good in that film. She was great, yeah. I mean, she's
1: British, and she does a really good uh, Jersey accent as, in particular. But more than
0: that, like she inhabits a, a, a place in that film that is so hard to do really well. Mm-hmm. Like her character, what her character does and what she represents in that film is so hard to do. Yeah. Um, and so hard to do it without making her pathetic or making her uh, over the top. She just, it's so subtle and so nuanced. It's a great performance. And I wish that she had a chance, but I don't think she does. Wow. Well said. That makes me want to watch the
1: movie again. Mm-hmm. All right. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Uh, Barkhad yes. Abdi. I am the captain now from Captain Phillips. <laughs> Bradley Cooper for American Hustle. Jonah Hill yeah. for The Wolf of Wall Street. Michael Fassbender, the formidable Michael Fassbender for 12 Years a Slave, and Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club, who will be taking home the answer. (laughs) (laughs) No question.
0: He's got it. Yeah. Uh, Which is really sad for the rest of these guys because I think all these are really excellent performances. Yeah, they really are. Like, I, I don't think there's a bad performance
1: in this lot at all. I kind of wish yeah. Michael Fassbender was getting more notice for his performance cuz I thought he was ferocious and frightening.
0: I think people hate him a little too much in that movie. I think I think he's a little too despicable for people to to like to really love.
1: To love. Yeah, well, that's true cuz in a way you have to love him, but I loved the 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 bravery of the performance while I was still mortified by the character. But not a lot of people well, see how, see it with that kind of detachment that I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, Jonah Hill, great, funny, smart. Yeah. You know, in Wolf of Wall Street, like just a great sort of scenery chewing role.
1: Mm.
0: Bradley Cooper, uh great, great. Again, fantastic, you know, uh really, really, really digs into the role, really embodies that character in a great way. And then Barkhat Abdi, especially for being someone who hasn't done this before. Uh-huh. What a performance. He just what a great performance. He burns up the screen. He does. He does just just great in that movie. I mean, he, he, he you know, he's he's going toe to toe with Tom Hanks and holding his own, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. This is a tough category, but at the same time, I think we all
1: know what the outcome will be. Jared Leto. All right. OK, moving on. Uh, we got the leading roles. Uh, best performance by an actress in a leading role. Amy Adams for American Hustle. Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine. Sandra Bullock for Gravity. Judy Dench for Philomena, Meryl Streep for August, Osage County. And I will point out that the only woman in this category who hasn't already won an Oscar is Amy Adams. That's true. She's been nominated several times. She's kind of an Academy favorite, but she's never taken home the prize. That's
0: true. That's very true. So this, this one's a bit of a toss up, I think. Well, um, well, you know, Blue Jasmine was the favorite, but I feel like, like we said, it's been tainted. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't although know. although I, know I think that voted, acting but... performances I think yeah. acting performances can people can vote on those outside of the context of the film.
1: Well that's like they they the, won't
0: necessarily pull all that in. That's what the academy stands by. That's
1: their position. And they released a very short statement in response to this whole scandal with Woody Allen and his adopted daughter. They released a very brief statement saying that we we award uh, artists based on their the merits of their skills and not on their personal lives. Something very kind of terse like that. Yeah. Um, and if you look at... They they gave Roman Polanski Best Director back in 2002 for The Pianist. For The Pianist, yeah. And um, yeah. I was surprised because I thought that he was like a pariah. He doesn't even live in the United States anymore. Persona non grata. Yeah. But anyway, I,
0: I am going to have to say that I still think Kate Blanchett will win it because she is an odds-on favorite. I think she's the odds-on favorite. I think she... Definitely deserves it, especially for that performance. Great, great performance. Um, I think if I wanted somebody else in this category to win it, it would probably be Judy Dench for uh-huh. Philomena. Um, you know, as I said in our conversation about Philomena, I think she's just, you know, there's so much there's so much emotion. There's so much feeling. There's so much depth to every performance that she does, mm-hmm. but especially in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I'd think i like to see her win, but I think Kate Blanchett is, is going to win. I will say that uh,
1: I did see Philomena with my mom, and we both really liked it. Nice. All right. So we got uh, Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, Christian mm-hmm. Bale for American Hustle, Bruce Dern for Nebraska, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street, Chiwetel Ejiofor for 12 mm-hmm. Years a Slave, <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club.
0: I think that the award will go to Matthew McConaughey. Yep, I think he has all the momentum. I think that he is uh, deserving of it for the work in this film, or or in mud. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But I I think that he's he's excellent uh, in this movie. I, personally... Bruce Dern? No, oh, no. Oh. Although uh, this, is, this is the toughest category for me, actually. Oh, okay. I think that all of these performances are so good. Christian Bale, I thought, was the best thing about American Hustle. Bruce Dern is unreal in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, I think this is his best performance in years and years and years. Yeah. And Chiwetel Ejiofor is so great, and I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, as a, just as an actor, I have seen him you know so many times, and I've always loved him. Um, I, I would honestly, my, my pick would, would be Chiwetel Ejiofor, um, if only for that scene at the end of the film when he, when, you know, he reunites I, with his family when he reunites with his family and he just says, you know, I apologize, uh, apologize for my appearance. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Unreal. Just unreal. His performance in that scene alone is, is worthy of an academy award
1: well uh, you you make a strong case for him and i don't know i i this is my pick matthew McConaughey, but i also think leonardo dicaprio could get it um yeah and so could could uh to a for because because it was a very absolutely moving perhaps one of the most moving performances of the whole year yeah um in a different, difficult role.
0: Yeah, in, in in a year that for me didn't have a lot of like really deeply moving films. Yeah, uh, his his performance really sort of stood out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the
1: whole movie rests on his shoulders basically, uh, and and Steve McQueen is there to you know boost him and and uh, create some really incredible scenes centered on the acting and and uh, and whatnot. Andrew, yeah. do you want to talk about the uh, best motion picture of the year?
0: Well, there's nine nominees, and we've talked about all of them. You can go to our blog and podcast and listen to all of those uh, discussions if you'd like. We've got American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, 12 Years a Slave, and The Wolf of Wall Street. And man, hmm. this this is tough. I, I am not sure that I think this, this was as good a year as some years in recent memory. Uh huh. Um, I, as I said, I, I'm not sure that a lot of these films weren't as moving to me as they have been in the past few years. But if I had to pick something out of this whole crop batch, I would probably pick. Personally, I would like to see Nebraska win. Uh huh. You liked it that much? I did. I really did. Uh, i I would like to see probably Nebraska or her win, but I think that those are probably the two lowest ones on the list next to Philomena, maybe <laughs> in terms of chances of winning uh I think twelve years a slave is gonna win, and I think it should i think it deserves it i will have i to, think it's incredible I will agree with you there I think twelve years a slave is
1: gonna win I think the the next best chance is probably gravity, but I don't think that the oscar I don't think the academy could really get away with or justify awarding gravity the top prize when you've got a film like twelve years a slave also in the running. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> it would it would be embarrassing. Yeah, it
1: wouldn't wouldn't go over well. Because, um, yeah, I mean, Twelve Years a Slave is so topical and so wrenching and addresses part of American history that is so sensitive and does and it and so it, and well.
0: It gives it due uh respect. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't trivialize
1: yeah. Bit. And so I think for that reason the Academy, they're gonna have they're gonna vote with their conscience. And and beyond that, Twelve Years a Slave totally deserves to win. It's an excellent film. So yeah. I picked that one too for Best Picture.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. So that's our recap of the awards themselves. We wanna to talk to you very briefly mm-hmm. about things that we think were snubbed this year. Big snubs. Anything stand out to you, Phil?
1: Yeah. Um I didn't see All or any of the films nominated for Best Documentary, but (laughs) I did see documentaries this year that I think totally deserve to be nominated, if not win. And I know this is a tough category because there's a lot of film documentary films being made these days. Which is great. Yeah, two films that I saw that I think were really amazing was uh, Spinning Plates and Blackfish. Uh, Spinning Plates is a wonderful portrayal of three different restaurants in various parts of the U.S., including um, uh, Alinea's in Chicago, which is Mm -hmm. a three-star restaurant that features very kind of elaborate food creations that are very fun to look at. But beyond the the funness of the film, it's a very exciting and moving portrayal of hardship, um, all those different types of catastrophes that can happen to people, not just restaurateurs, but people, and how people bounce back from these hardships. Mm, yeah. Blackfish is an amazing, very compelling film that has a lot of momentum right now because it's being screened on on cable a lot. It's been in the news because yeah. it's attacking SeaWorld for mistreating their killer whales and then allowing the the whales to continue to perform for audiences even after the whales have actually killed...
0: By mistake, um, multiple trainers, or or as the film sort of suggests, possibly on purpose. This is true. Yes, it, it's essentially suggesting that they they go insane in the same way that a human does if if confined, confined and mistreated. That's right. Yeah, there's definitely
1: that that possibility that Andrew just said, and it's it's a fascinating film, and uh, it's it kind of encompasses many different stories. it's it's a it's a story about appreciating nature. It's a story about this evil corporation., uh, but somehow they tie it together really well into one big package that's a really satisfying and, and fascinating and suspenseful film.
0: Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So Andrew, what I've got a couple of big snubs. Mine are on the fictional film side. Oh. Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis,, yeah. I think was such a great film. Uh, I saw it twice in the theaters, and I think it it's the Coen brothers at their best. Uh, I don't think they make bad movies anymore. I don't think they ever have, mm-hmm. for that matter. And um, I would like to have seen that get more nominations than just cinematography and uh, sound mixing. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that would have been nice. But, you know, you can't win them all. The other big one is what was probably my favorite fictional film of the year, which was Mud. Yeah. Uh, which got nothing, no attention whatsoever. And I think was so great. And I think Jeff Nichols makes such great films. And I would like to see them honored a little bit more. We, Jessica Chastain, a couple years ago, I think, was nominated for Take Shelter.
1: No, no. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, oh,
0: no, she was nominated for Golden Globe for that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, Jeff um, Nichols has not yet been recognized by the Academy.
0: Yeah, and he's a stupendous, just fantastic. Maybe director. we could have
1: him on the show since he did go to the same college Maybe, we went to. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we'll see, maybe you could Skype him in, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sort of a side note, I thought that uh, Tom Hanks as Captain Phillips was definitely no- nomination worthy.
0: I would agree. I would agree but as we said that that's a super tough category. It's very competitive you know, it's know. it's already a very competitive category. Um, so so squeezing him in there, i I can understand why they didn't, but then who would you get rid of? you know? <laughs> yeah, good point. It's tough, mm. it's such a tough, such a tough category, so yeah, those are our our big snubs that we can that we can think of that come to mind. If you
1: have any other uh, snubs, you can post them on our blog or our
0: Facebook page. yeah, let us know. Uh, we'd like to leave you on a high note uh just with some recommendations. Uh, we're both gonna go down our list of what we think are the top five films for us of the year, okay. Well, in no in no particular order, right. you don't have to order them. No order.
1: My top five films, in no order. Um, first one that comes to mind: Wolf of Wall Street. I've found myself rewatching YouTube clips from that movie like upwards of four or five yeah. times. I don't know why I can't stop watching these clips, but but of course, the Scorsese movie rewards the viewer upon each viewing, and yes. this is a film where all sorts of nuance, all sorts of uh, added meaning. You you pick up on it the more you watch the, the clips. And so I saw yeah. it twice in the theater. Uh, like I said, Wolf of Wall Street is one of them. Dallas Buyers Club, one of my other favorites. Uh, very good acting. I really liked the way the the depiction of Dallas, Texas in 1985 was rendered. All the performances were good, and uh, you should you should definitely listen to our previous podcasts about these films to sort of get a sense of of what they are yeah inside lewin Davis another good one another one of my favorites of the year let's see uh I gotta admit I didn't have this list already when we started the podcast but I can go through a few of mine well let me do, and then I'll go ahead and yeah. add uh, blackfish is one of my favorites and then um I also really did like
0: Blue Jasmine. So I'll say that'll that'll round out my top five. Great, that's a good list. It's a solid list. Mine's uh, different than yours. I well, I hope so. Mine, uh, I would say that my favorites of the ones that are getting all the acclaim and the and the nominations, uh, I think her is definitely on my list. I, I think it was really extraordinary. I think it was, gave a lot of food for thought. I think it was very intellectually stimulating as well as emotionally involving. Uh, I I really liked it a lot. I think Nebraska. Anything Alexander Payne touches is gold, as far as I'm concerned, and I I could just watch his characters interact with each other for an eternity. I think it, he just has a, such a beautiful human touch, and such a such a really great amount of compassion for human beings and uh, and our existence here in the world. And I, I really love everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say. Mud, as I mentioned, might have been my favorite film of the year. Uh, I thought it was a really extraordinary film. And uh, another great performance by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Great performances by the entire uh, supporting cast. The two boys in that movie were really good also. Two boys were excellent. Sam Shepard, Sarah Paulson. It's just like a great, great, great set of supporting actors. And... Really, really excellent film. Uh, If you have not seen it, I recommend seeing it. Again, it's not heralded at this time of year, uh, but I I would uh, definitely recommend going to see that Mm -hmm. film. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis would be another one of mine. Yeah. Uh, As I said, I saw it twice in the theaters. Uh, It really spoke to me as a film. I think it's a spiritual sort of brother to their film from a few years ago called A Serious Man, which I think is also an extraordinary masterpiece of a film. And uh, and again, this is one that's really intellectually engaging as well as emotionally engaging and such great music and yeah. such a great performance by uh, Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah. He should have been nominated. Like, but it was a tough he year. He should have been. It was a tough, tough, tough category, tough year. Yeah. But he should have been nominated. He was so good. And again, a, a huge supporting cast that are all uh, magnificent. And then my last film on my list of the best of the year is The Act of Killing, the documentary, uh, which is was one of the most astonishing films I've ever seen the conclusion of that film is one of I, I've never seen anything like it on film and it it really blew my hair back <laughs> like just like just I I, w- I was sitting there in awe watching watching that film resolve I, I would say probably even the last like 10 or 15 minutes of that film are just unbelievable wow not that the rest of it isn't but but the rest of it is is required for the sort of setup to what happens at the end of the film and it's unexpected and it's beautiful and it's haunting and it is it's it's a it's a really really great really fascinating film and as i said not just one of the best documentaries that i've seen recently one of the best films that i've seen recently period wow it might it might be my number one film of the year whoa well i better see
1: that movie yeah you should (laughs) i've been wanting to see it for a while i you know, I actually studied with Werner Herzog for his Rogue Filmmaking School yeah, a yeah. couple of years ago, and um, uh, Errol Morris and Werner Herzog produced uh, or executive produced the Act of Killing. Yes, and uh, so, and I just I hear so much about how great it is. Maybe there's a little part of me that's a little bit afraid of seeing it just based on the
0: <laughs> trailers that I've seen. It's 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 a it's a rough movie. I'm not gonna lie, it's rough, but it's also it's unreal. It's it's unbelievable. Wow. All right. Well, Suggest, suggests suggests a, a depth to the sort of human soul and human character that that is rarely, rarely gotten at, And in, in such a raw and and uncompromising way, it's really is it's astonishing. Wow.
1: Is it as good as Jackass
0: Presents Bad Grandpa? <laughs> hey, I watched Jackass <laughs> Presents Gr- Bad Grandpa. Um, and no, it's <laughs> bad. Grandpa's the best thing ever. <laughs> No. all right well Bad grandpa was fun in its own
1: way but uh andrew is a man of high and low tastes I can tell you. That's, that's <laughs> he correct. will see anything
0: i'll watch i will watch i honestly will watch any of the jackass movies a million times i, I really <laughs> like, like jackass they're, hilarious. I, <laughs> they're pretty funny all
1: right well uh thanks for listening everybody uh this yeah. is our oscar handicap podcast thanks for sticking with us we know it ran a little bit long yeah but uh hopefully hopefully you were uh, well rewarded for your time and uh, stay tuned for the Oscars if it hasn't already come out by the time this episode hits the air. <laughs> this
0: episode will hit the air before the Oscars. Okay, that sounds good. So, yeah, stay tuned for the Oscars. And then tune back in with us. Uh, next. Our next show is going to be a listener suggestion. Yes. Uh, we, ha- we do have listeners out there, believe it or not. And they uh, have asked that we do a listener suggestion. And so we're going to start doing that once a month. So... Uh, the first of those is the movie Frozen, which is nominated for Best Animated Film and Best Song mm-hmm. at the Academy Awards this year. And uh, and we are going to talk about that movie uh, as a request from Katie out there who uh, requested that we do this. Katie AP. Mm-hmm. So uh, listen for that podcast next. And then if you would, go to our blog, www.in-the-q.com. q letter or go to our Facebook page, In The Queue, Film Conversations with Phil and Andrew, and uh, suggest uh, future films that you would like to hear us review or talk about. And it can be any any film. from As long as it is available for us to rent or, yeah. or view online, then we are there. We and, will uh, do we think, anything. We will see any film. We will. And then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Have a great one.